This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Babbel and by Masterclass. Now, a lot of you have pointed out correctly that this channel, and in particular this show, has become a constant stream of terrible new things for all of your little doomer brains to unhealthily fixate upon as humanity continues its steady march towards oblivion. Sorry. But occasionally, amidst all the dystopian news, we are blessed with some news that's genuinely utopian. The kind of news that actually makes you look forward to the future, instead of cower in fear. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start off today on a high note. Cancer, the number two leading cause of death worldwide, may become a thing of the past within our lifetimes. This is great news. And the word may is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, obviously. And we hear things like this all the time. One of Joe Biden's campaign platforms was ending cancer, and he held a press conference last month about it on the 60th anniversary of JFK's speech about going to the moon. Not because it is easy, but, but because, because it is hard. But aside from the intentional parallels to putting a man on the moon, this was less about curing cancer and more about improving cancer's survival rate through better detection and treatment. Curing cancer, it's not even a thing that's really possible with one specific method, since there are so many different kinds of cancer with different causes that affect the body in different ways. Or at least that was the conventional thinking until something revolutionary happened in the past couple of years. Yes, that revolutionary development was messenger ribonucleic acid vaccines, a.k.a. mRNA vaccines. Oh! Like the ones that most of us have gotten to protect us against COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Unlike traditional vaccines, which train the body's immune system using weakened or inactive disease particles, mRNA vaccines basically deliver a blueprint to the body's cells, telling it to produce specific proteins found on the outer membrane of virus cells which the immune system then develops antibodies for. It's basically the difference between dragging an enemy soldier's corpse back to base camp versus learning how to make the enemy's own weapons and having your soldiers train against them. Mm -hmm. So obviously in the context of COVID, which evolves constantly, as we've all seen, the vaccines are always a few months behind and therefore not always working with the most up-to-date blueprints. So the mRNA COVID vaccines have not been foolproof. Yeah, they're always one meta behind. Mm -hmm. Why are you still using that? Like, uh, we're, we're all, we all moved on to the Uzi. The Uzi metas, you're going to want to use the Uzi. Mm -hmm. So the mRNA COVID vaccines, they've not been foolproof, but they've been very successful at reducing symptoms and spread of COVID infections. But hold on. What does this have to do with cancer? Well, the founders of BioNTech, the company that partnered with Pfizer to develop the first COVID mRNA vaccines, actually got their start two decades ago trying to figure out a way to use mRNA-based treatments against cancer. COVID derailed that work a bit, but it also pushed our, uh, mRNA research ahead quite a bit. And now they're predicting that mRNA vaccines for cancer could be available by 2030, which is That's great soon. Much. Yeah, here's The Guardian. Vaccines that target cancer could be available before the end of the decade, according to the husband and wife team behind one of the most successful COVID vaccines of the pandemic. Uger Sahin and Oslam Terechi, I'm sorry, I'm terrible yeah. with Turkish names, but we'll try. You, yeah, you understand. Uh, who co-founded BioNTech, the German firm that partnered with Pfizer to manufacture a revolutionary mRNA COVID vaccine, said they had made breakthroughs that fueled their optimism for cancer vaccines in the coming years. Speaking on the BBC's Sunday with Laura Koonsberg, Professor Turecki described how the mRNA technology at the heart of BioNTech's COVID vaccine could be repurposed so that it primed the immune system to attack cancer cells instead of invading coronaviruses. Asked when cancer vaccines based on mRNA might be ready to use in patients, Professor Sahin said they could be available before 2030. Great. Let's do it. Sign me up. 
Give me all that shit. Mm -hmm. uh, the article then explains how our mRNA vaccines work and says, the same approach can be taken to prime the immune system to seek out and destroy cancer cells, says Terechi, BioNTech's chief medical officer. Rather than carrying code that identifies viruses, the vaccine contains genetic instructions for cancer antigens, proteins that stud the surfaces of tumor cells. BioNTech was working on mRNA cancer vaccines before the pandemic struck, but the firm pivoted to produce COVID vaccines in the face of the global emergency. The firm now has several cancer vaccines in clinical trials. Terechi said the development and success of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which is similar to the Moderna COVID shot, gives back to our cancer work. So pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, but as we said earlier, there is no such thing as a single cancer cure. And in this context, that means different mRNA vaccines for different types of cancer, which complicates things, especially since each type of cancer has a wide variety of different proteins that the immune system would need to learn to attack as opposed to COVID, where you just show them the spike protein. They're like, all right, we got Have this. you seen this man? Yeah. We're all trying to find him. Yeah, cancer, a bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, Tarecki was careful to say, as scientists, we are always hesitant to say we will have a cure for cancer. We have a number of breakthroughs, and we will continue to work on them. Still, though, even if 10 years from now there's a vaccine for just one specific type of cancer, that is massive, and it represents an incalculable amount of lives potentially saved from that point forward. Mm -hmm. So... Hopefully the work that BioNTech is doing and similar work being done elsewhere really does lead to a future where cancer is something that the human body can just deal with on its own. The human body has ways of flushing it out. that out. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. It's something to look forward to that is positive. I mean, Cuba developed a uh, vaccine for a specific type of lung cancer that's apparently highly effective. Can't get it. Why, why is that? I simply don't believe you because America would obviously have developed that first what, with our uh, best-in-class uh, you know, healthcare system. Sure. But moving on now to the more typically dystopian content that you come to this show for, uh, AI has clearly come a long way in just the past year or so, and stuff like deep fakes and AI-generated art make that undeniable. There are now multiple ways to very easily mistake the work of AI for the work of human beings. And one way that this happens that gets less attention is via text. AI-generated text has been around a lot longer than the more visual stuff. And there's multiple websites out there where you can feed a, uh, a short prompt into a language model like GPT and then have it come back with paragraphs upon paragraphs of AI-generated text in response. Yeah, we've played with this stuff in the past. Yeah, um... it's fun. Yeah, and like, especially early on, the results of these AI language models could get pretty weird. Anyone reading it would be able to tell that something was clearly off, but they've gotten much better over the years, especially when you ask them to just talk about topics that have been widely written about by humans and published online, because that's what these language models train off of. Mm -hmm. So it should come as no surprise that AI language models are the latest method of choice for academic dishonesty. Cool. Step aside, plagiarism. Move along essay writing services, it's AI's turn to trick professors into thinking that their students are actually learning. Now, uh, here's Vice. Innovate Rise professors know them as a first-year biochemistry major and an A student. What their professors don't know about them is that they're using a powerful AI language model to finish most homework assignments. It would be simple assignments that included extended responses. Innovate Rye, who asked to use their Reddit handle to avoid detection by their college, told Motherboard, for biology, we would learn about biotech and write five good and bad things about biotech. I would send a prompt to the AI like, what are five good and bad things about biotech? And it would generate an answer that would get me an A. Without AI, Innovate Rye says the homework they consider busy work would take them two hours. Now homework assignments like this take them 20 minutes. I like to learn a lot, and sometimes schoolwork that I've done before makes me procrastinate and not turn in the assignment. 
Innovate Rye explains. Being able to do it faster and more efficient seems like a skill to me. And Innovate Rye isn't alone. Since OpenAI unveiled the latest application programming interface, API, for its widely used language model, GPT-3, more students have begun feeding written prompt into OpenAI's playground and similar programs that use deep learning to generate text. The results continue the initial prompt in a natural sounding way and often can't be distinguished from human written text. Uh, the Vice article also quotes another anonymous student who has used AI to do their homework, who said that while they did not ace the assignment, they did learn that plagiarism checking algorithms cannot detect AI-generated text. Good to know. And that's because what AI spits out is technically original text. Um, they also quote a post from the OpenAI subreddit where someone says, Artificial intelligence allows me to get straight A's. I have been using this tool for quite some time and only recently came up with the idea to use it to write essays, answer questions about movies and books for school projects, and much more. I feel a little guilty about it, but I don't really care that much anymore. For a couple of weeks, I have made $100 profit by doing homework for <laughs> other classmates, and now I am looked at as a genius. What are your thoughts on this? Have you done it yourself? Yes, this post was rephrased by the AI. I mean, that is really smart, so you got to give the, the street smarts credit. People look at me like I'm a genius. Well, the this, AI this is This will that never good. blow up in your face. Well, if it, you know, if you make it the whole way through college and then don't leave a paper trail, you're probably fine. Uh, yeah, depending on what you do when you get out of college. Oh yeah, no, of <laughs> course, of course, yeah, no. If you're like, if you're getting into a career that like yeah. is extremely vital, and they're gonna look back with extreme prejudice on your curriculum, then yes, it's like it's almost like this guy doesn't know anything about the career that he got a uh, bachelor of science in. Well, weird. You just keep the grift going. By that time, you're hoping that like the Tesla bots out and you just feed it some code and it does the job for you. Yeah. I mean, so, this is the one thing that like higher, higher uh, graduate level education gets right is like it just it pushes people beyond what any uh, computer is capable of. Yeah. Know? They make the workaround harder than doing the actual work. Yeah. yeah it's a good way to do it. Uh, the article also quotes a professor who points out that this technology could just as easily be used by a professor to generate a lecture and even homework based on that lecture. So this could easily lead to a point where neither the teacher nor the students are actually doing any work. They're just passing AI-generated text back and forth. Cool. Literally just going, going through not, the motions. Literally nothing is happening. Yeah. But everything's happening. I mean, that would be bad, not just from an ethical perspective, but because it would defeat the whole purpose of education and would leave students unprepared for real life especially careers where they're expected to know things that they just had to have an AI do for them. Yeah. But it's also hopefully a wake-up call for the educational establishment that they need to educate and evaluate students in ways that can't be bypassed with AI. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely ways to tell if someone is actually learning face-to-face um, -face in class. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like presentations. Uh, I mean, hopefully this just devalues no, they're going to the, bring in a bigger AI to eat the student's AI. Yeah. I mean, that could happen too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the AI that detects AIs. Yeah. And then what if you get called out and you haven't used it, but you can't prove that you didn't use an AI? They just, like, your writing is just in line with what it's produced so far. Yeah. there's. I'm sure there's a lot of people who... I mean, that's the thing is, like, uh, students are bad at writing. Like, you yeah. read any, like, actual college essay, you're like, oh, this is kind of whack. Yeah. But AI is bad at writing essays, so it's just like, okay, well... Well, sheesh. I mean, must have been a kegger the other night. You can see where the AI clearly trails off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, cool, uh, cool new technology in the world of cheating. Yeah, exciting stuff yeah. for dishonest uh, students who want to get ahead. Yeah. But moving on from academic dishonesty to financial criminality. Cryptocurrency, of course, is not doing so great these past few months. And with huge drops in token prices, there's been a huge downturn in just cryptocurrency usage. The appeal of crypto has diminished for most people, but it certainly hasn't lost its appeal to one specific group. And that group is thieves. Mm -hmm. In fact, 2022 has been the best year yet for cryptocurrency, if you're judging solely based on how much crypto has been stolen. Just a real banger of the year. Yeah. Here's CBS News. Hackers have stolen more than $3 billion <laughs> in cryptocurrency so far this year, shattering the previous record of $2.1 billion set in 2021, according to blockchain analytics firm Chain Analysis. A big chunk of that $3 billion, around $718 million, was taken this month in 11 different hacks, Chain Analysis said in a series of tweets posted Wednesday. October is now the biggest month in the biggest year ever for hacking activity, with more than half the month still to go, the company tweeted. In past years, hackers focused their efforts on attacking crypto exchanges, but those companies have since strengthened their security, Chainalysis said. These days, cybercriminals are targeting cross-chain bridges, which allow investors to transfer digital assets and data among different blockchains. Well, Bitcoin solves this. Of course, it does, obviously. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're just doing it wrong. Human error. I mean, yeah, so we've, we've become kind of numb to it, uh, especially if you follow blogs like uh, Web3 is going great. Yeah. Uh, these numbers sort of lose all meaning. But $3 billion in thefts in a single year is absolutely insane. Wow, it's just inflation. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the year isn't even over, so that number will only go up. Mm -hmm. uh, individual hacks yielding $100 million being a regular occurrence is also ridiculous, especially when you consider that the all-time biggest bank robberies in U.S. history had values which adjusted for inflation, don't even come close to 100 million. And those involved a lot more danger to the thieves and a lot more work to pull off. I miss the old robberies. Yeah. Stagecoach. You used to have to work for it. All I got was a sack full of worthless deeds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point, this is cryptocurrency's greatest advantage over fiat currency. It's a hell of a, a lot easier to steal a hell of a lot more of it. Yeah, it's great for criminals, uh, both in the stealing aspect and uh, obfuscating thieves. Thieves love it. Yeah. Well, we do have more news coming up for you, uh, and we decided to save, of course, the Elon, the Zuckerberg, and the Kanye news for the back half of the episode. But first, this episode is sponsored by Babbel. If you're like us, there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school or not continuing to learn once school was out. But it's never too late to start with Babbel or pick up where you left off all those years ago. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. After trying out Babbel's Spanish lessons, what we especially like about Babbel is that each lesson is a realistic and immersive conversation, which is a lot more effective than just learning isolated words and phrases. You can you can experience real conversations yeah. uh, with Babbel, which is sets it apart from other languages. Proven apps. to be more effective for yeah. learning. Uh, with Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. 
Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash newsday. That is babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash newsday for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, and James Cameron. You can improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, and Roy Choi. And you can learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Deadmau5. With over 150 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And of course, you all know how much I love documentaries in general, but also a new learning habit in the past year or two or so. Uh, These are great to just put on and learn about something that you, in some cases, don't even have any interest in. Yeah, something you're not maybe not necessarily planning on doing yourself, but something you've always been curious about. Yeah, it's like how does Ken Burns make those like 20 hour long documentaries? Where do you even start with something like that? And by the way, he's getting better with age. He certainly is. Yeah. Uh, Masterclass is accessible on your phone, on the web, or a smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world class instructors at the top of their field. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema-quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields and disciplines. We highly recommend you check it out so you can get unlimited access to every class and our viewers get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash newsday now. That is masterclass.com slash newsday for 15% off masterclass. Links are, as always, down in the description below. All right, now for some news about a topic we love coming back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook's pivot to the metaverse and how badly that's all going. Now, last week, we looked at reports from The Verge and The New York Times about how even Meta's own employees don't see the point of what they're doing and aren't using the metaverse to hold meetings and do business, despite those things being its biggest selling point. Mm-hmm. If you're selling a $1,500 headset that's supposed to revolutionize work, and even the people developing it would rather just keep doing things the old way, I'd say that's a bad sign. Yeah. Also a bad sign, though, is the fact that no one is using Horizon Worlds, Meta's flagship metaverse app. That's not exactly news. But a new report from the Wall Street Journal about just how bleak things are with Horizon Worlds is a true joy to read. I mean, honestly, the whole article's gold with gems in every paragraph. And since it's behind a very expensive paywall that we get to write off as a business expense, let's read some of those great selections. Here we go. Meta initially set a goal of reaching 500,000 monthly active users for Horizon Worlds by the end of this year. But in recent weeks, revised that figure to 280,000. The current tally is less than 200,000, the documents show. Most visitors to Horizon generally don't return to the app after the first month, and the user base has steadily declined since the spring, according to the documents, which include internal memos from employees. By comparison, Meta's social media products, including Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, together attract more than 3.5 billion average monthly users, a figure equivalent to almost half the world's population. Horizon is currently reaching less than the population of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Damn, calling out Sioux Falls like yeah. that. Yeah. Basically nothing. Statistically insignificant. Sort of like Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Might as well not even exist. Hey, Aunt Terry. If it disappeared, who would even know? Uh, everyone that attends Sturgis every year? They'd find a new place. The uh, uh, red-blooded Americans who love seeing their presidents carved into beautiful mountains? Gambling? Okay. So some people would miss it. Yes. 
More, uh, here's more though. Horizon is designed to be a sprawling collection of interactive virtual spaces or worlds in which users appearing as avatars can shop, party, and work. Yet there are rarely any girls in the hot girls summer rooftop pool party. <laughs> and in Murder Village, there is often no one to kill. Oh, no one wants to kill anymore. Uh, even the company's showcase world, such as Questies, a virtual arcade featured in a Super Bowl commercial earlier this year, are mostly barren of users. According to internal statistics, only 9% of the worlds built by creators are ever visited by at least 50 people. Most are never visited at all. Quote, an empty world is a sad world, said one document <laughs> summarizing the company's efforts to herd users towards venues where they would encounter others. Hey, we've got a lot of sad worlds here in the metaverse. They should just literally get rid of all options and just merge everyone into one room. Yeah. Because at least then you would get the, the main goal across. Of social interaction. Like, instead of... I like how originally VR was like, you know, we have to put privacy boxes around everyone or people are going to get a little too weird. And then now they're like, well, there's nobody around, so we have to actually shove two people together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a decent strategy. That You can have that one for free. Yeah. Go nuts. If you're alone, it automatically just sucks in the nearest person. And, and forces you next to someone. Yeah. yeah. We all love being forced into social interaction. It's, it's like that Be Real app, but for VR. Yeah. <laughs> Post now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I don't care if you're driving. Do it. Yeah. Now here's some more. Horizon is accessible through Meta's Quest virtual reality headsets, which offer a range of games and activities. Quest retention rates, meaning continued use by owners, have dropped in each of the past three years, the documents show. More than half of Quest headsets, the entry model costs about $400, aren't in use six months after they are purchased, according to people familiar with the data. In a survey of Horizon users, Meta researchers said users reported that they couldn't find Metaverse worlds they liked and couldn't find other people to hang out with. Other complaints included that people do not look real and that the avatars don't have legs. <laughs> the researchers... <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that they, really, they really pulled that out and they were like, we have to fix this point <laughs> right now. Or at least pretend to. Yeah. The researchers noted that the survey included only 514 people because the available pool of users to survey is small and precious. <laughs> The number of Horizon users online at the same time, known as concurrency, trails far behind both the socially focused upstart VR chat and Second Life, the pioneering cyber world that was launched in 2003, wow. said people familiar with the matter. I was just going to say, like, it, it's so funny to think of Horizon worlds just like people alone in this app. And meanwhile, you can hear the muffled partying of VR chat next door. Yeah. No, I think I'll stay right here. I won't go party with a 75 foot tall Pikachu. That is literally no. breakdancing. I'm staying here. Next to, I'm staying here in Horizon Worlds where trademark law is bond. Yes. Would you like to see my uh, officially licensed yeah. uh, photo that I have here in this frame in my Horizons World bedroom? You know, I had Ugh. to buy to spend Ethereum on that. Did you see it? it was going around on Twitter today? But uh, it was like from the promotion of the movie Nope. Uh, yes. Can you please show some clips Meta, of that right here? That have made like a. Horizon Worlds version of the main area from the movie, and like Jordan Peele, God bless his heart, is like he really he's tries like, oh to sell wow, it. this is so amazing. They really did it, but like it just looks like it looks fucking, like Roblox. It looks like shit. Like it, it literally looks like Roblox. Even like the avatar, the custom avatar that they made for Jordan Peele, like it's like his face is like clipping through itself at certain mm -hmm. points. Like they haven't figured out mustaches. His mustache like falls into his face. And it's, yeah, it's just fucking, it's so lame. But it's so funny watching them experience it. And like, especially with that experience, like you literally could have done like 
you know, uh, scanned the actual environment and put them in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and there's ways that you can turn that into 3D and have it be believable. Yeah. But it literally looks like a 15-year-old made it in it Roblox like, over a weekend. It looks like a fucking Nintendo DS game. It's it's crazy. Doing anything above and beyond what we're currently capable with. 3DS. Of, <laughs> yeah. So, but, but that's the thing is like, if they did anything actually special for Nope, they would have they would be forced by the community to be like, well, why was that so good? Yeah. And why does this look like shit? Why do they get textures and we get no textures? Yeah. You said it was an artistic choice. Yeah. It, it's we want wild. more polygons. Uh, here's a little bit more from the article. On a recent night, a female journal reporter visited one of Horizon's most popular virtual worlds, the Soapstone Comedy Club. Oh, no. It had about 20 users in it, all appearing as avatars. When the reporter introduced herself and tried to conduct an interview with a small group, one user replied, you can report on me, baby. (laughs) The same user then asked her to expose herself. One user who was flirting with a woman in the crowd was interrupted by what appeared to be his real-life girlfriend yelling obscenities at him in the background. (laughs) (laughs) According to the documents, men outnumber women in Horizon by two to one. One safety feature Horizon has introduced is an option for users to create the equivalent of a four-foot personal boundary for their avatars to deter unwanted physical contact. The next day, a male journal reporter visited a house party in which he was one of two people in attendance. He and the other avatar jumped into a boxing ring and fought for a round while wearing jack-o'-lantern sparring headgear, then played beer pong. The other avatar never spoke, and the game ended after about 10 minutes. That was a Facebook employee. The reporter's avatar later fell into the pool and couldn't figure out how to get out. There was no one around to help. (laughs) Sims. They're, They're working with the Sims platform here. They're like, if you can kill people in the pools because they can't get out, Gamers will love this experience. So, yeah, a lot of people criticize the metaverse, but uh, think of all the murderers that will not be killing people in real life because they'll be killing people in the metaverse. As soon as Horizon Worlds puts a pool cl- pool's closed sign up, it is going to be over for them. They're going to have the most traffic ever for like two days, and then just like have a hotel, yeah. it'll be a relic of the past. So yeah, that's what's, uh, that's what's going on with the metaverse right now. Things are not looking great, but hey, if anyone can turn this ship around, it's Mark Zuckerberg. Of course. So, yeah, clearly Mark Zuckerberg has his work cut out for him when getting this metaverse thing to catch on. But that's nothing compared to the work ahead for Kanye West, once he acquires Parler, of course. A social media platform mostly known for being the place where January 6th rioters uh, uploaded all that evidence that was later used to convict them. Noteworthy. A honey trap, but a delicious one. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Parler is at this point just one of many social media apps marketed specifically at conservatives who feel as though their free speech is being trampled on by Twitter. And while having Kanye West at the helm will certainly generate some new interest in Parler, it's a very weird match considering the Venn diagram of Kanye fans and MAGA Republicans. Uh, The intersection is very narrow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of crossover. I mean, there certainly is some, but... Um, no, but just like with the, the the Horizon Worlds thing, the corporate world is going to take those and smush them together. Yeah, whether they like it or not. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a weird match. I would imagine most of the people using Parlor actively hate hip-hop music and um, have hated it since, like, 1990. I, the, the idea that it has... more like, like crap. That anyone has morals and isn't just using Kanye as, uh, you know, it's like it's like the Herschel Walker thing. It's like, obviously, you don't care about these issues. Yeah, no, Herschel Walker. He pulled out a fucking badge during the debate and also paid for an abortion and, uh, you know, a lot of other 
Yeah, it's like the I still I'm never gonna see the movie, but the Elvis scene. Uh, instead of saying he's white, it's the Republicans just being like he's black, and they start frothing at the yeah. mouth. Yeah, like oh yeah, like no, you don't. And a sports star. You don't understand. He's been hitting the head so many times that he's uh, literally insane. Yeah, he, and he's a he's a physical danger to his family. Also a total hypocrite. Like, but he's black. So well, there you go. And then there's Kanye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it doesn't help that the the free speech that got Kanye booted from Twitter was just straight up anti-Semitism. And while there was maybe some room for plausible deniability about that at first, he has very enthusiastically doubled down on it and expanded upon it in multiple interviews since being locked out of Twitter. It's it's clear what he meant. Update, uh, that podcast that he did over the weekend that got him into even more trouble, they they ended up taking that down, actually. Yeah, for... uh, for very valid uh, reasons. And, and issuing an immediate apology. Yeah, he also, he did an interview with Chris Cuomo on some news channel I didn't know existed. Hmm. Wherever Chris Cuomo works now that he's no, not on CNN anymore. He did a long interview with Kanye, uh, seemingly just in his car. It's like no light. It was like a 20 minute interview and Kanye is, uh, he's, he really. Oh, he did Pierce Morgan too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he did not uh, back down on that either. He's like. He was like, I apologize if anyone thought what I said it took it the wrong way or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of talk about the Jews. Very specifically, both him and recently Trump has been doing that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very um, unnerving feeling going yeah, on never online a good, right now. Never a good sign when uh, the topic of the Jews comes up uh, this often, I think. It's so... It's so angering because everyone it's like if, if anything bad happens just like how people are always just like well you know obviously i would have never sided with the people back in world war yeah, ii of course not but now it's like yeah you would the signs are all here right now <laughs> yeah they're like they're, they're saying it they're yeah it's coming out and fucking saying it anyways uh so yeah is parlor going to be like the go-to social media platform for anti-semites then probably not gab beat them to it by several years and has the kill count to show for it mm-hmm. So yeah, this deal doesn't really make much sense for Kanye or for Parler, but it's happening, apparently. And on our previous episode, we speculated that this was all just crafty Candace Owens exploiting a very wealthy, very mentally ill man by having him purchase a failing company run by her husband. And it seems we may have actually been onto something there, because hmm. here's The Verge. On Monday, Kanye West, now legally known as Ye, announced that he would buy Parler, an alternative social media platform, in a surprise move that has sparked both interest in the platform and concern for the billionaire rapper's plans. But the move comes at a perilous time for Parler, which has seen months of stagnating usage and at least one attempt to find a buyer for the platform before Ye. According to a source familiar with the discussions, Parler's parent company, Parliament, has been trying to offload its social media platform to potential buyers over the last few weeks. One prospective buyer described Parliament's asking price for the platform as wildly inflated, and said they were stunned by the site's low number of daily active users. We still haven't seen a number. I would love to see this. Yeah, number. just anal- whatever it is, analysis it's too from high. like third-party stuff is what we've seen basically. Yeah, they. I think they estimated it's like around like fifty-five million. That was like one estimate I saw. Pa- Parlor. Yeah, fifty-five million daily active users. No, like money, dollars. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. How much it's worth? I thought you were talking about like getting a peek under the no. daily active users. No, they know the daily active users. Yeah, um, yeah. The number of daily active users is apparently around fifty thousand, which is <laughs> basically nothing compared to the hundreds of millions of daily active users on platforms like Twitter. It's like Sioux Falls makes that Parliament user base look like, uh, or makes Sioux Falls look like New York City. 
You I'll know. only let you keep getting away with your South Dakota bashing because their governor is a piece of shit. Anyway, yeah. So it's like one little neighborhood in Sioux Falls, one suburb of Sioux Falls. I don't know anything about Sioux Falls, but it's not it's not a lot. Fifty thousand. And apparently Parler has been looking to get out of the social media business for a little while with the, the name change of its parent company to Parliament Technologies being part of a broader strategy to focus more on stuff like providing cloud services for other controversial websites and platforms, which See how that works out. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, the article describes multiple ways the parlor has tried to generate something resembling a profit lately. <laughs> Over the last year, there have been more immediate signs that the company was scrambling for revenue. In March, the platform launched an NFT marketplace called Deep Red Sky. <laughs> Jesus. But it has largely failed to gain traction. The current featured collection, a series of tokenized portraits of the conservative commentator Brandon Tatum, priced at $50 each, has sold only three tokens. Parler's email list, one of its most immediately monetizable assets, has been used for months to share a regular cadence of Chumbox-like sponsored messages. In October alone, users received emails like, Plastic Surgeon reveals one method to snap back aging skin, and Shocking Report exposes what a single diet soda does. I mean, they're probably very successful knowing knowing their audience. They're just like reusing old Upworthy emails. Yeah. Have you seen what Diet Coke will do to this? Look at this penny. This filthy penny. Mm-hmm. Look at what 20 minutes in a, a cup of Diet Coke does to it. That's what's happening. It's going to make your insides look great is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Brand new. Going to give it a little spit shine. Mm-hmm. So clearly getting a name like Kanye West attached to Parler would be a lot more promising than what they've tried already. Uh, but the article notes that even having Donald Trump himself on Truth Social has failed to grow that platform. So how much Kanye's presence can grow Parler's user base definitely isn't a sure thing. On the other hand, though, Apparently, Kanye actually already had a Parler account before he announced that he was buying it. Mm. Before, he had less than 100 followers. But now, he has almost 26,000. Wow. So who's laughing now? He's got almost half of Parler's daily users follow Kanye West. So, yeah. They are active and engaged. Look out, haters. Yeah. Of course, this is not a done deal yet. Uh, things could happen that make the make Kanye reconsider whether he's willing to shell out whatever Parler is asking for here. Uh, For example, the family of George Floyd is considering suing Kanye for a lot of money because of comments that he recently made in uh, one of his absolute fever dreams of an interview that he's participated in. Uh, Here's Variety. Kanye West is facing a potential $250 million lawsuit ordered by Roxy Washington, the mother of George Floyd's underage daughter and the sole beneficiary of Floyd's estate, in response to the rapper mogul's comments about Floyd's murder on a recent episode of Revolt.TV's Drink Champs. In a press release, the Floyd family confirms it is working with two law firms, the Witherspoon Law Group and Dixon and Dixon Attorneys at Law, and has filed a cease and desist letter to West, also known as Ye. According to the statement, the lawsuit will target West as well as unnamed business partners and associates for harassment, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress. Uh, It continues, Floyd was killed by former police officer Derek Chauvin, who was convicted on two counts of murder and one of manslaughter in Minneapolis after being arrested on suspicion of using a counterfeit $20 bill, which ultimately spurred a wave of nationwide protests against police brutality in the U.S. In West's recent appearance on Drink Champs, he made the claim that Floyd's death was due to a fentanyl overdose rather than the use of force by Chauvin, a claim that comes from the discovery of a non-lethal amount of fentanyl found in Floyd's system. It's worth noting, this is a false claim, as the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office ruled Floyd's death was a homicide. Have to keep saying that. So yeah, it sounds like they got a case. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to get the full $250 million, but like, clear cut, this is one of those famous people in the world uh, literally do defaming a dead man. Yes. Um, 
And they and have, perpetuating a lie that has been refuted uh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. So, um, we'll have to it, it, see I, how this all plays a out. stupid lie, too. It's yeah. like, oh, one, I wonder what killed him. Like, he traced amounts of fentanyl in his blood, or was it the fucking guy like, standing on his neck? Gro- yeah. The full-grown man standing on his neck for eight minutes. Oh, who's to say? Could, could be anything, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but let's get back to uh, Elon. We have to finish out the episode with Elon, of course. Oh, good. Uh, Elon buying Twitter does actually appear to be happening. And Twitter even temporarily for, uh, froze employee stock accounts this week, which signals that the deal is very close to completion. No, no take backsies now. Uh-uh. But even if this very tumultuous saga comes to an amicable end, Elon's troubles may not be over, at least according to reports that dropped not long after we filmed last week. Here's CNBC. Twitter said in a court filing released on Thursday that it's trying to obtain documents from Elon Musk related to a federal investigation into the Tesla CEO's $44 billion bid for the company. Lawyers representing Twitter said the company first asked for the materials related to the investigation on July 22nd and that Musk's legal team has failed to comply, citing investigative privilege, according to the filing. Elon Musk is presently under investigation by federal authorities for his conduct in connection with the acquisition of Twitter, the lawyers wrote. Through counsel, he has exchanged substantive correspondence with those authorities concerning their investigations. Twitter's lawyers said the documents bear upon key issues in this litigation. Uh, That was a week ago, and it seems (laughs) like uh, Twitter is ready to just get like, look, let's get this handled. I'm tired of this. We're done. Sign. Just give me the fucking money, and I never lose my fucking number, please. Yes. Go Uh, away. But that doesn't mean the investigation is going away. It's unclear even which federal agency might be investigating Musk over how this deal has gone. But we would guess that it's the SEC, who famously has not had the friendliest relationship with Elon Musk. His biggest SEC troubles have stemmed from his tweets having a direct impact on Tesla's stock price, despite not necessarily being true. And there's just plenty of similar examples from the Twitter acquisition uh, saga. So it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, comes out of this investigation, especially since this all seems to definitely be happening. Yeah. No, it's a double jeopardy. You can't uh, investigate me for a deal that I have already uh, done. I've already done. So. I don't know if it was related to the, like, this being done or, or literally it could be anything else. But uh, Musk tweeted, uh, I will not let you down or something like that. So I'm so tired of this, man. It's like I feel like Elon getting this tweet, Twitter deal done with like to him is like when like a, you know, mid 20s. Uh, man or woman gets baptized again and then like they're like actually I've never had sex yeah I've uh, my hymen has rebuilt itself (laughs) yeah so buying Twitter he's like all right, solid break point right there the Elon timeline is only going up from here yeah we'll see I don't think that's going to happen but I think that maybe that's what he thinks Anyway, that's our episode. Um, if you haven't watched the two most recent ones, we talked more about Kanye. We also talked about the... we. Someone discovered the origin of the litter boxes in schools urban legend, and it's way more depressing than you could guess. We also talked about BTS uh, serving in the armed forces for and their country. So, so many uh, lovely new comments on the channel of people uh, reiterating the fact that we point out in the video, by the way, that uh, BTS is uh, doing this willingly. Yeah. And that they want to do it, and that they're proud to do it. That's right. And that all of their fans should also join the military. They should. Yeah. They should. You know, you know what's cooler than uh, boy bands? Serving your country. In a boy band. Yeah. Yeah. And also the most recent Weekly Weird News, where we looked at uh, corruption and voter fraud in America's most cherished institution, Fat Bear Week. Mm. So check those out. Leave a like. 
Leave a comment to let us know you were here. Uh, maybe press that thank button to give us a little thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, subscribe if you have Click it. Click the join um, button. Yeah. Share. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, do everything. and uh, We just don't want to let you go. Just Can you just stay with us for another like five seconds or so? It's just, it's really the high point of my day. Yeah. And okay, now you can go. Now yeah. I feel good. Not do you good. feel good? Good. Bye. Bye.